Mi 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 ma 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 ma. Hello, good morning. It's me, Pickle, and it's time for your daily dose of dill, where I inject you with my thoughts and ideas so that you can have a nice, briny day. It is Saturday in Los Angeles, California, where it is raining. Fun fact about living in LA: if you're not in Los Angeles. There's actually a city ordinance where if it rains, you don't have to follow the rules of the road. Fun place to live. Very exciting. So without further ado, let's get to it. For those of you who don't know me, why are you here? But also, as I mentioned, my name is Pickle. I'm a drag queen in Los Angeles, and my favorite food is perfectly cooked Atlantic salmon with the skin on. That's 450 degrees for six and a half minutes in my oven. Ovens change. Uh, here's what popped out to me today. Okay, first of all, I have a little bit of housekeeping. So yesterday uh, on this show, I quoted a qu- I quoted a Philip Roth book, Nemesis, which I read, which I love. Um, and I quoted a quote within the book by Joseph Lee, who is the father of the playground movement uh, in America and in the United States. And I so today I was like, ooh, I should do a deeper dive into that. That sounds really interesting. I was really moved by the quote. Okay, deeper dive revealed that Joseph Lee was a wealthy Bostonian, yes, the founder of the playground movement, but primarily the financial underwriter for the Immigration Restriction League, which conducted meetings regularly at his home. Lee feared that all Europe might soon be drained of Jew, to its benefit, no doubt, but not to ours, and is quoted as saying, I believe in exclusion by race. So, uh, my bad (laughs) for quoting him yesterday. Uh... Turns, uh, you know, um, I mean, he was, he's kind of an obscure figure. Thank God he wasn't super successful. Uh, he was just rich and horrible. So it's not like I was quoting like Hitler or something, but, uh, a deeper dive revealed that that was trash, but I'm actually glad I went on that deeper dive because the book Nemesis is by Philip Roth, who is Jewish. And the book takes place Uh, primarily in a Jewish neighborhood in the 40s uh, surrounding polio, which sucked uh, and killed all these children. And um, so it revealed an interesting moment of irony that he was noticing that. And so I don't regret it, but uh, I do apologize for anyone who's traumatized. What popped out at me today is this. So this headline, uh, robot artist Ada falls asleep while addressing the House of Lords. So a few days ago, the House of Lords is a, is like a governing body in Great Britain. And so this AI artist, so it's this robot, it's this machine um, developed by Aidan Meller, who's a gallerist. And it's supposed to, it's, it's this woman, this AI, well, it's this robot that can paint. So she's got like camera eyes and she can paint and she can write really shitty poetry and um what is so hysterical to me is that you need to so she addressed she addressed she answered questions in the house of lords i guess while great britain's economy just like 
collapsed outside. <laughs> They're just like interviewing this robot. Um, her outfit. It. This is what really stuck. <laughs> I really wish you could. I think should post a picture of this. You can follow me at Pickle Drag Queen on Instagram and Twitter. She is wearing a hard cut, thoroughly modern Millie bob. Like she. I guess she was. It's like this is like. She looks like a picture of an artist from like a French textbook. Like, ooh, artiste. She's got this bob and she's wearing like overalls, but she has robot arms. I mean, she does, she's dressed like she, you look at her and you're like, okay, yeah, she definitely has $50,000 in student loans. I mean, she looks like the Terminator's daughter turning on him and going to art school. Uh, she's wearing like overalls and like a baggy sweater like that's going to distract us from the fact that she has giant steel arms and laser eyes um and and yeah so this british cyborg of well for it immediately shut down it like immediately malfunctioned and this british cyborg who writes poems and paints pictures meanwhile here in anti-socialist america the soda fountains at the amc century city don't even have ice so what are we doing wrong uh, but the, my takeaway for this is really interesting. It's this bigger conversation. So Aidan Meller, who developed it as a gallerist, and he's supposed to be presenting deeply troubling questions about oncoming technologies. He calls himself a facilitator. But, okay, my hot take, the irony is that he has become an artist. And the project, along with all of its subsequent works, have become his own. Along, of course, with the thousands of uncredited artists from which the robot draws inspiration, because how AI art basically works is that these machines, um, it's like, it's almost like a giant Google image search. And so they gather, like you'll give them, so there's AI, there's also, this is a bigger conversation about like AI art generating programs like Midjourney, which is a program that, and you basically give it text prompts. And then it makes art based on other people's art. <laughs> so, and there's this, there was a scandal because um, this art uh, piece that someone submitted in this like art festival in America somewhere, I can't remember where, uh, won the top prize in their category, which the category was specifically like digital artwork. So I don't know what people were so pressed about. But it was kind of scandalous because people were like, well, that's not his art. It's like it was generated by this AI technology. And so this AI technology, basically, you give it text prompts. So you'll be like, um, a dragon is fighting a soldier and, you know, the, the, just with a big sword. And then it'll like create this like masterpiece kind of looking thing. Um, which I don't think is that impressive. But so... Basically, the question is, like, is that art? Like, are you creating art? Because you're giving it text prompts. Um, and it's just drawing from Google image searches. And it's this bigger issue of, like, well, what is, you know, what constitutes art? Like, I don't think that, like, you know, <clears throat> artists like Greg uh, Rutkowski of Poland... Um, who has used classical painting styles to create imagery for Dungeons & Dragons and other fantasy franchises for example, has become furious with the AI for stealing his work because I guess he's a painter that like a lot of nerds are like being like, make an art that looks like Greg Rut Rutkowski's art. Like, is that cheating? Is this cheating? What is the line? So where's the line? 
Because you could argue that all art involves stealing from references and from cycles that have gone on for centuries. Indeed, photography could even be seen as stealing beauty of the moment. And nature and technological developments are often first seen as cheating. Charles Baudelaire, the 19th century French poet and art critic, called photography art's most mortal enemy. So when photos first came out, artists were like flipping out because it was, they were like, this is cheating. You're cheating. You're cheating. So my question to the group is, are photographers shams? Are photographers trash? The answer is unequivocally yes if you're a photographer (laughs) i wonder if my friend jordan is listening because he is a photographer you're garbage and your art's not real uh no it's an interesting question because it does you do have to look back and think about technological developments and how people have responded to them over the years and i mean listen i'm a drag queen that's not art like (laughs) no one thinks that drag is art but now it's like becoming this thing where everyone's like my art my art my art and now drag queen's are too serious about the artistic elements in my opinion but it's like what is what is what is all right now that's not the question i'm posing the question i'm posing is you know what how with what are we talk? who is the artist in that situation that's so i'm not asking like is this art i'm asking who is the artist in this situation because it's like if you make a collage your that art belongs to you i guess but then it's also like the pieces of art that other artists have created i'm not sure uh it's created this big issue in copywriting and and everything obviously but so my hot take is on this robot who fell asleep is why is she dressed like that (laughs) what is she trying to prove uh, also, there's a delay when she answers questions. It's really annoying. But that's like every person I've ever met who went to art school. That's that's just like a normal art school thing. Um, but the irony to me that I identified was that Aiden Meller, who developed this technology, who's like, I'm not an artist. I'm a facilitator. Like, I built this thing. I'm like, you are an artist. You created this thing. This is your art. Uh, it's not great art. Um, her paintings are really boring. So it's curious because... To me, the thing is that a robot or an AI program cannot be an artist because so much of art isn't even about uh, the beauty of an object, but by the context in which the object was created. The struggle, the pain, the perfectionism, or the joy uh, of the artist, which is the story the audience is left to create from their own relationship to what they're looking at. Ergo, with no human, there is no humanity. And without humanity, there is no art. And I know that because I'm a Westworld robot who just wandered too far. So I, as a robot, I am telling you, these robots aren't artists. They're shams. Okay. Uh, also, an Apple store in Oklahoma City became the first, second <laughs> to unionize after a an initial a location in Maryland unionized. This is significant because this is an instance. Uh, so here's the situation. You can unionize a single location of 
a place. So like if you're at a store, you ha- just have to have more than two employees. I looked it up because when I was scooping ice cream at Van Leeuwen, I was like, we should unionize just because I was bored and I was looking for drama. Uh, but you and I thought it'd be fun if we called it the Van Union. But anyway, uh, so I looked into it and you can unionize as long as you've got more than two employees and everyone votes and blah, blah, blah. And the union creation of unions is really weird. And it's like this horrible legal uh, gray area. It's terrible. Um, But so you can unionize a single location, even if it's got many, many, many locations. So the Apple store in Oklahoma City voted to unionize. And to me, it's significant uh, because a lot of the cases like we're seeing where it's like people unionize, it's like, oh, okay, they had bad, like, you know, the companies were like visibly like stepping on their throats <laughs> and they're like, okay, well, we need more money. It's significant because this is an instance of unionizing where employees were actually given good benefits and pay, but were looking for something else. They were looking for transparency for management. And uh, the takeaway for me is that better pay and benefits are actually the cherry on top of unionizing, which is really about being represented by people who have your well-being as a priority. Because regardless of how a company incentivizes or pays, the po- et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, uh, the power to negotiate as a group is paramount to being at the whim of the company's discretion, regardless of how well they treat you. Um well, and maybe now my phone won't die every 45 seconds because they have a union. Uh, but I guess that's only one place. It's Oklahoma City. That was surprising to me. I guess, you know, Oklahoma. That's playing at the Amundsen right now. I have no interest in seeing it. I'm like, I don't care. Okay. <laughs> uh, so that's going on in the world. Those were the things that popped out to me. Uh, and now a PSA for y'all. If you are turning left at a light... You must accelerate. I get it. It's scary. Driving is scary. But you're supposed to accelerate if you're turning left. Now, if there's a pedestrian in the crosswalk or a pedestrian is about to cross, you cannot turn. It is not your right of way. Do not start a turn unless you are able to. You cannot start. (laughs) This is Pickles Traffic School for Girls. You cannot start a turn if you are not able to accelerate through the turn. That is traffic school 101 stuff. If you can't, because it's dangerous. Uh, Don't, I get it. You're like, all these things take over. You're nervous. You're like, oh, I'm scared. So your impulse is to like slow down. That is dangerous. It half the time in driving, accelerating is the safer thing to do. Um, So I want to give you permission to um you are worthy of going of the speed that you need to get through that left turn and out of my way okay so that you need to be mindful of that as you walk through today be mindful of that you must i cannot say and i get it sometimes pedestrians like literally materialize like especially in los angeles they just they come out of the ground they're twacked out they're screaming they're like, you know, uh, just speaking in tongues and you have to like slow down. I get it. There's exceptions. But generally what I'm seeing on the road is a lot of just reckless um, slowing in the middle of a turn. Can't be done. Don't do it. 
All right, thank you so much for joining me. You can follow me at Pickle Drag Queen on Instagram and Twitter. Please uh, let me know what you think of this AI art situation. Um, don't be like, what is art? That's dumb. Uh, I want to talk about like specifically like ownership and uh, and uh, Ada's jet black, thoroughly modern Millie Sutton Foster Bob. I want uh, feedback on that. So um, I hope you have a beautiful day. It's Saturday. I'm doing a children's birthday party today. I'm very excited. Love children. And uh, my takeaway little quote for you to reflect on today um, is from my favorite book of all time. Well, one of my favorite books of all time. Uh, The Picture of Dorian Gray by Oscar Wilde. And it's this. All art is quite useless.